0: Hey Joel, have you ever had to do something that wasn't easy? I mean, there was this one time that we had to do this project at school No, I mean like really hard, like super hard. Trust me, this was that kind of assignment. Okay, but you did it, right? I didn't have much of a choice. Why are you asking me about this, Travis?
1: It's a topic for today's Kids Corner. Let's check it out. Gently now, Mr. Jacobs. We haven't sailed across the sea to capsize ten
2: feet from the shore of the New World. Aren't you in a hurry to get back to dry land, Mr. Everett? Seems I remember you Puritans moaning and groaning for months that you couldn't wait to get off the Mayflower.
3: He's right. I want to be back ashore as soon as is possible. Me too. The crossing from
0: England has been awful, especially traveling with these strangers.
2: You've not been a bed of roses yourself. Very well. Heave to them. Let's start settling.
3: I thought we started settling when we had to change our landing site. Weren't we supposed to land in New Amsterdam? Is that a thing yet?
2: The Dutch don't found the city until around 1624.
3: Are we going to prattle on like this, or are we going to make
1: land for it? Mr. Jacobs, with all haste if you please.
2: Aye. All ashore that's going ashore.
3: At last! Yeah. Whoa. It feels so weird having solid ground under us again. Oh, help me up!
1: (laughs) I can't. (sighs) (sighs) Thank you, Lord, for bringing us across the sea to this new land, where we may worship you without being hunted down.
2: And while you're at it, you might want to ask him for a bit of help for the winter. It's mid-November, and the weather in these parts is a little more than you English folk are accustomed to. Ah!
0: There's someone over there. Where? Who? Over there. I saw a dark figure go into the woods. I think it was a man, but it was hard to tell.
1: Hmm. Are we not the first to settle in these parts? I thought this was a new world, untouched by humans. Think
0: again.
2: There are people who have lived here for as long as there have been Englishmen, I reckon. I've seen a few of them being sold as slaves in Europe.
3: Slaves? That's a thing?
2: Of course. It's a common practice all over the world, and it has been time out of mind. Doesn't make it right, of course, but it is a historical fact. Shh, do you think they sold us, Chelsea?
3: Almost certainly. Maybe we should do something to show we're friendly. Like what, Gabby? Play a radio program?
1: Well, it couldn't hurt, I guess. I'll start it up.
0: Hi, guys, what's going on? Hey, Gabby, Everett and I are doing
3: homework.
1: Yeah, do you know anything about the Pilgrims?
3: The Pilgrims? You mean the Thanksgiving people kind of pilgrim? That's them. No, sorry. Didn't they wear big hats with buckles and crash into Plymouth Rock? Not according to these history books that Mr. Jacobs gave us. Oh, yeah. Where's Mr. Jacobs? I have a
0: question for him. I think he was getting some stuff ready in the kitchen. Something about a food giveaway tomorrow? Oh, all right. I'll go ask him, thanks. Okay, now I'm curious.
1: Curious? About what, Chelsea?
0: What's the question Gabby has for Mr. Jacobs?
1: I don't know. Is it any of our business?
0: Maybe not,
3: but I want to find out. Come on.
1: <sighs> all right.
3: So anyway, she moved here from California and she doesn't know anything about this part of the country. And she doesn't have any friends here or anything.
2: That does sound hard. Hopefully by reaching out, she's found you to be a new friend at least.
3: I tried to cheer her up by talking about Thanksgiving coming soon, and she just said that with all the bad stuff happening, like moving away from everybody and everything she loves, she doesn't have much to be thankful for this year.
1: Sounds like a real ray of sunshine there. Who are we talking about?
3: Just a new kid on my block. She just moved here, and she's missing her old neighborhood. She doesn't seem very nice.
2: Why do you say that, Chelsea?
0: Well, she complains a lot. After all, she has lots to be thankful for. She moved here, so she can have a lot of good friends, if she actually gives us a chance.
2: I'm not sure that's really fair. It's hard moving to a new neighborhood. It was hard for me when I moved here, but with time, I grew to love it.
1: Still, doesn't the Bible say that we need to always be happy and grateful and not complain about
2: stuff? Yes, but it also, hmm. hold that thought. I've got to baste this turkey. Baste? We'll listen to the radio while we wait. Alright, that should be set for a few more minutes. Now where were we?
3: You were going to tell us about how my neighbor complaining about moving here wasn't wrong. We were?
2: Something along those lines, but I think I better start from the beginning. It's true that the Bible tells us in many places, like Philippians 2.14, that we shouldn't complain about things. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't say anything when things are bad. Is there a difference?
0: What he means is when we see something bad, we need to look on the bright side and say something good about life. God wants us to be happy after all.
2: Actually, that's not what I meant at all, Chelsea.
0: Oh, well, then I don't understand either.
2: (laughs) Alright, let's take some examples from the Bible. When God brought his people out of Egypt and into the desert, they were happy to not be slaves. But when they saw that there was no water or food in the desert, they started blaming Moses and God for this bad situation. They started talking about going back to Egypt, where they had food and water, even though it meant they would be slaves again.
1: Yeah, they were complaining, the thing we aren't supposed to do.
3: Yeah, and don't tell us that's not what they were doing, Mr. Jacobs. We know what complaining looks like.
2: No, you're right. It was complaining. And God got very angry with them every time they all stopped trusting him and said bad things about him.
0: Okay. so what's the difference between that and whatever you said earlier?
2: Saying when things are bad. Oh, right. Well, let's look at the book of the Bible called Lamentations. Actually, do any of you know what that word means?
3: Not me. Is it some kind of dog?
1: No. I think it's a book written to people who lived in Lamentasia.
2: Good guesses, but no. This book is named after a word that means sad speeches, or laments.
1: So there's a whole book
2: of the Bible that's just a bunch of sad speeches? That's right. The Book of Lamentations was written after the nation of Israel was invaded by Babylon, a nation that stole everything from them and left the cities empty. The laments are prayers, telling God about how the places where people worshipped Him are now silent how the good things are gone and only ruin remains.
3: Um, this still sounds like it's complaining.
2: Yeah, so what's the difference, Mr. Jacobs? The difference comes with the attitude behind the words. Instead of blaming God for all the bad, this book of laments admits that things are this way because His people didn't follow His instructions. It says how great God is and asks God to come and fix what His people have ruined. You see the difference now?
0: Kind of. Instead of saying bad stuff about God, it's saying how good God is, even when things are bad.
2: Right, and because God is good, even though the world isn't, we can always be thankful, like it says in Psalms 717, Ephesians 520, and other verses. Thankful, huh? Even when things are bad?
0: Yeah, no offense, Mr. Jacobs, but it might be a little easier to be thankful if we didn't have bad things in our lives at all.
3: Yeah, if God is good and powerful, like He is, Then why is there still bad stuff that happens? Does he make bad things happen for some reason?
2: I think you know the answer to the second part of that question. But how about I go get a drama script that might make things a little more clear?
3: Are you stalling?
2: Do you not want to read a drama script?
0: Oh, no, no. You go find that script. We'll listen to the radio.
2: Of Lionel Jacobs comes the corny drama, The Farmers and the Corn, an adapted biblical teaching about hardship. Once upon a time, there were two farmers, Glenda and Ed.
3: We have our own farms. We're not married or anything.
2: I don't think you needed to explain that. Both farmers were very experienced and knew a lot about growing all sorts
1: of crops. Glenda's won the country fair's prize for best pumpkin seven years running.
3: Ed signed a deal with a big corporation to supply them with the tastiest cherries they've ever come across. That's
1: nothing. Glenda's been recognized by the president for her fantastic rutabagas. Hey, guys.
3: Well, Ed's been quite modest about it his wonderful garbanzo beans
2: <clears throat> obviously these farmers were quite renowned for their work and their complementary nature
3: when you see greatness you gotta speak up
2: indeed can i finish telling the story yep go ahead at the time of our story both farmers had bought land in a new part of the country their fields were right next to each other so they could talk back and forth as they tended to their crops Say, I suppose we're neighbors now.
3: Yeah, what do you think of this soil? It's good,
1: but it's kind of rockier than I'm used to.
3: Yeah, I feel the same way. We'd better be careful if we don't want to damage our equipment.
1: And I'm not sure corn's gonna grow well. Plants don't tend to grow
2: well in rocks. Pretty sure there's another parable about that or something. The two farmers went back home to think about their options and talk it over with their seed corn.
0: Yeah, it's about time I was part of the story.
1: So, what do you think, corn? Rocks or no rocks?
0: I mean, rocks sound pretty hard. I think I'd grow faster if I didn't have anything in my way,
3: you know? That sounds right to me. I'll get right on it.
2: And so, Glenda spent the next few months tearing all the rocks out of her field. It was difficult work, but what remained was the softest, coziest soil a cornstalk could ever hope to be planted in.
0: Mmm, so nice.
2: Ed, on the other hand, didn't spend half as long clearing the rocks. He pulled out most of the boulders, but he left some of the rocks in there to give the soil stability.
0: Ow, I think you missed some rocks. Hello? Don't you care about me, Ed? Hello?
2: As the summer passed, the corn in Glenda's field grew tall and sweet.
0: It's so easy to grow in the soil. Nothing gets in my way. I can just grow and grow and grow.
2: In Ed's field, the corn grew as well, but not quite as quickly.
0: It's not easy to grow roots. where well, there are, oof, oh, so many stones.
2: Then one fateful night, the storm clouds rolled in. Rain started to fall, and the corn, who likes rain, was overjoyed!
0: Oh boy! Drink it up! Nothing like a good downpour to lift the spirits.
2: What the corn in Glenda's field didn't realize is that soil underneath them was getting very, very wet.
0: Actually, I think I know that.
2: But when dirt gets that wet, it stops being dirt and turns into mud. And mud isn't very good at holding things up. Uh-oh. The corn in Ed's field, on the other hand, had the sturdy rocks to lean against, and it weathered the storm, and stood tall despite the rain and the wind.
0: Huh, I thought the stones were nothing but trouble, but even though they made it difficult, in the long run I needed them.
2: A little help! The moral is that God can take away all the bad things in our lives, and he can make sure nothing we do will be hard. But in the end, he knows that if he does, we won't be able to stand strong. So when you find yourself going through things that aren't good or easy, remember that God is with you and he can use bad things to make good things happen.
0: So Mr. Jacobs, I have a question about the corn drama.
2: Oh yeah, Chelsea, what's that?
0: Did you base that off the story Jesus told about the wise man and the foolish man and their houses?
2: Oh, you mean the ones that built their houses on the rocks and the sand? I hadn't made that connection, so no, actually. That parable was about obeying God's teachings. But you said the lesson was based
1: on stuff the Bible teaches. What verses talk about God letting hard things in our lives happen so we can become better
2: people? Well, Everett, I was thinking of the verses in James chapter 1 and 2 Corinthians 12, where we're told we can be happy when difficulties arise because it means we will become stronger Christians.
3: Being happy about bad things happening? I don't think I could ever do that.
2: Yeah, I think that's what villains do in the movies. Hmm, well, let me put it another way. God doesn't want us to celebrate when bad things happen. 1 Corinthians 13, 6 makes that pretty clear. But what God is saying is that he wants us to be encouraged when we're having difficulties, because in the end, it just makes us more like Jesus, as we learn in verses like 1 Peter 2:21, And because of that, we can be thankful for the hard things in life, even though they aren't good. Wow,
3: this is a lot to think about, but do you think this will help my new neighbor? I don't know if she's a Christian or
2: not. Maybe, maybe not. But in this instance, I would say that instead of trying to help her be happier, it might be a better idea to let her know that you care how she feels. And like it says in Romans 12, 15, if someone is sad about a hard thing, sometimes the best thing we can do is take the time to be sad with them.
0: Wait, how does
3: that help?
2: It's hard to explain, but it does.
3: Well, Like I said, I'll have to think about this more. But thanks for talking with me about it, Mr. Jacobs.
2: Anytime, Gabby. Are all of you kids heading out then?
1: Yeah, I think we'd better head over to the library to do the rest of our homework. There might be less distractions. Sounds like a plan. See you all later. You coming, Chelsea?
0: Yeah, I just got to turn off the radio first.